You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Your Bible's tonight, the book of Nehemiah. The book of Nehemiah. Nehemiah, for me, is my favorite Old Testament book. My favorite story in the Old Testament is the life of Joseph. But Nehemiah chapter 2. And I just had you stand, so we'll have you remain seated. Chapter 2, verse 17. Then said I unto them, Ye see the distress that we are in, how that Jerusalem lieth waste. By the way, it's page 542 if you have a Bible like mine tonight. Sometimes it's sort of high. Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther, Job, Psalms. So that's, they're all together. I, I, I rushed you a little bit. I'm so sorry. Then said I unto them, verse 17, chapter number 2, you see the distress that we're in? And by the way, we're in distress in America. I still think there's hope. This nation is so far away from God, but I still think there's hope. Maybe we get down low enough in the gutter we can look up and say, God, no, we have no further down to go. We need up. We need to look up. We are, the distress we're in, how that Jerusalem lieth waste and the gates thereof are burned with fire. Come, let us build up the wall of Jerusalem that be no, no more reproach. And you know the story that uh, Nehemiah was a cupbearer in captivity to the king. He would taste the liquid. He would taste the food of the king. And if he did not die, then the king could eat it. He was a cupbearer, and he won the heart of the king. And he received word from Hanani, one of his brethren, and said, Jerusalem lieth waste, and the gates are burned with fire. And the Bible says in chapter 1, verse 4, he sat down, and he wept, and he mourned, and he fasted, and he prayed to the God of heaven. His heart was so broken over his city. Why? Because it was exposed to danger. Enemies could come in, wild animals could come in, and terrorists came and destroyed the wall around Jerusalem. Jerusalem could house two million people, and there it was. They were all exposed to danger. And he said, you see the distress that we're in, how that Jerusalem lieth waste, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. Come, let us build up the wall that we beat no more reproach. And the Bible says in verse number 18, then t- said I unto them, the hand, of, uh, uh, the hand of my God, which is good upon me, as the word had spoken, uh, come, let us rise up and build, that we be no more reproach. And by the way, so they strengthened their hands to this good work. There was a task. It's going to take me a while to get back to the Scripture, and I'm not going to be lengthy tonight, but I want to speak to you on this subject. And it's maybe perhaps just so evident in my life, because 50 years ago last month, I almost quit Bible college in February. I'll never forget that morning. I preached about it recently, so I won't go back and review. Other than to say, I was right at the verge of quitting. I wanted to leave and go to Vietnam as a Marine. I did then, as I do today. I love this country. We'll forever be indebted to you military people here. And by the way, to the police officers as well. But I want you to know that I was right on the verge of quitting. And it may have been the same day. I'm not sure. I have the letter. I brought it here a few weeks ago. When the man who became my father-in-law, I didn't even know him, 
But he wrote me, and I received a letter that day, and he said, Jack, we want you to come to our church and candidate to be our music director and work in our church. I'm glad that wasn't the decision. I'm glad the decision was made before the letter came. I can't, cannot quit school. I want to quit school. I cannot because I don't know what God's doing. I know I can't be a pastor. I know I stutter. I know I stammer. I know I'm not as smart as those other fellows are. I know I don't know how to preach. I know I cannot do it. I, I break out in a sweat if I have to do things publicly like that. I get red face. I know I can't do it, but God, you're doing something, and I know it. I don't know what you're doing. I quite frankly don't like it, but I'm not going to leave school and miss what you have for me. I don't know what it is. You know what I would have missed out? Yes, I would have missed out knowing that great pastor who became my father-in-law. I would have, been, I would have missed out of being the husband to Cindy Swanson Treeper. I would have missed out in pastoring this church. My whole entire life pivots from that. You know, Exodus 14, when they faced, when they faced that Red Sea, that chapter is quoted more in the Bible than any other text. Because they came to a point where it had to be all of God. Had I not obeyed God, I would have missed God's plan. I want to speak to you tonight on missed opportunities. What secondly motivated this? I don't plan to beat this into as a dead horse, but the last two years of COVID. I have learned so much through COVID. I never thought, Pastor, in the church, that the county would close us out of our church. The country never closed down a church one a day in America's history until two years ago. And the entire country was shut down. And the fines began to come for the, those churches that we had out here that refused to shut down. But God taught me so much during COVID. When the pastors that were here and others, we were just a handful of us, 10 of us or less, we, we, would, we would come and we would preach to a 3,000 seat auditorium with no choir, no orchestra, nobody in the pews, no, no, no uh, ushers, no invitation for folks to walk forward, nothing. And then after that long ordeal, we moved out to the parking lot and you drove in your cars. I never realized what that moment, preaching this empty auditorium, the precious memories, the good memories, though I missed you so much and it was so awkward, it was hard on you. You sat home in your couches and it was difficult. Oh, but God did so much in our hearts those days. And God did so much when you moved out in your cars and we preached in that big stadium, we called it, and then add the sides and, and had singing groups on the side. And quite frankly, because this church conquered spirit, it was all conquered in the cars and then nine tents and, and fire pits going up and your Starbucks coffee coming to church. We don't have Starbucks coffee in the auditorium here and all that other stuff. But I tell you, out there, I thought, good night. If they'll come, they can do whatever they want. Why'd you do that? My wife told me so. <laughs> Husbands, obey your wives in the Lord, for this is right. 
those days are going to be some of the most precious memories of our life. I look at what God has done. I'm glad I didn't miss out. Tonight as we look at missed opportunities, some of you, and I'm, not, I'm just want you to come face to face. Did you miss it in COVID? Did you miss the lesson? Did you miss what God was trying to talk to you about? God was trying to say something. You. God was trying to deal with you. God was trying to change you, change me. Did we miss it? I, I think tonight of how that, that we, re, we might regret. We, we said, okay, we didn't know it was going to be two years. I, I, we didn't know it was going to be a while. But I think I'm going to get my life, my health in order. Did you miss it? I'm not telling you to be on medication or not. I, I, I would never advise you have a doctor for that. But, but some of you maybe could have put your health in order and got off some of the medication you're on. Some of you could have figured that out. But you missed it. I looked in the mirror and I said, you know, I've got 10 pounds too much. I'm going to lose it. And about 30 days later, I went back to the scale to look because I'd been working up losing 10 pounds and I gained 10 pounds. And I said, I'm not, I don't know how long this is going to last, but I'm not going to, and I went on a campaign. I didn't have to join a health club. I tell you what I did. I joined the health club of no sugar and no soda and no ice cream and no desserts and not snacking. And I, that's the health club. And it didn't cost me any money. I saved our family money. Do you know, some of us missed it. We could have lost that weight if that's what you want to do. I'm not saying anybody's large. I became, I, I felt like I had a problem here. Some of you missed it. Some of you had two years to learn to start walking a mile a day, two miles a day, three, and you missed it. Some of us, man, we could have gone from this size to this size. Some of us miss cleaning out the closets, cleaning out our dresser drawers, and cleaning out our carport or our garage, or, or cleaning, out, uh, cleaning out the house and organizing. He missed it. He just missed it. Some sat around and just did nothing but complain about COVID. And against the rules and regulations, and we're not for it, I know all that. Some of you could have made some decisions financially. I am going to pay down debt. But you missed it. Some of you could have got a second job and, and, and figured it out. By the way, your wife would have loved that because she was sick and tired of you being around the house because you couldn't go to work. And can you imagine? A, can you? It wouldn't have worked for us. If, if I would have stayed home, I know my wife loves me, but she would have said, don't you have somewhere to go? And I would say, gladly, I, I don't want to hang around. And some of you dear poor, poor folks still have to work that way. And your wife, and she, oh, you say, she loves it. She hates it. But you know, some of us could have figured that thing out, how to, how to get ahead on some bills. But no, we said, well, no. You see, we allowed the COVID to conquer us. Uh, some, of us some of us could have, could have sat down and figured out a will. 
I hope you have a will. If you have children, you say, well, I don't own anything, but you have kids. Where are they going if you both die? Who's going to raise them? If God's giving you the responsibility of children, you have to have a, you must have a will. Who's going to raise those kids? I hope you use this time to set it in order. I, th- I think of how the staff and we've come in here and quite frankly, it was boring because our life is going to the hospital and visiting people and they won't let us in. Our life was going to the rest home and visiting people and wouldn't let us in. Our life was door to door and most people were scared to death and wouldn't open the door. What are you doing? You can't be here. You know, the, the, the staff and yet church members remodeled an entire auditorium, Golden State Baptist College. We put new carpet in around here. We put new wood in around here. This entire auditorium, all these walls, first floor, second floor, hallways were all painted. Things were restored. Every building was taken care of. Nurseries are completely impar- uh, were uh, completely painted. The apartments we have on this property were completely remodeled. We straightened closets. We wrote books. We, wrote, we, we made CDs. We, we set up fire pits and sound rooms and sound systems and radio. And we taught classes on Zoom. This church inspired me. I stood there and watched on Sunday nights and Sunday morning and Wednesday nights as the parking lots of tennis, your cars were bumper to bumper all the way in and rows. You couldn't get it. just jammed in there and they would motion you out. I stood in that pulpit and I, I take, you had the radio. I, I'll see you. Good to see you. And you could hear on the radios. And it was, a, it was something I'll never get over. I know I'm taking a lot of time, but some of us missed it. Some will look back and say, the great, great victories that were won during those two years. Certainly that didn't do that two years. Somehow, I don't know how, but we paid every bill in two years without ever assembling like this together. You know, somehow we paid down three point, we were over $5 million in debt, and now so today we're 1.8. Do you know we paid over $3.1 million in debt down the last two years during COVID? Do you know that we were able to get it for the first time, and I know we have ministries to the jail, we were able to get into jails, and five different jails said in five different days, word got out. We understand you have Bibles. Our prisoners need Bibles. Can you bring them? And we brought cases to this jail on Monday and this jail on Tuesday and this jail on Wednesday and this jail on Thursday and this jail on Friday. First time ever in the history of this church. Do you like KNBBC, our radio station? We have, we have grown an amazing amount of new friends and listeners. And the live streaming right now, we're in over 100 countries tonight during this service, and every state is watching, not because we're famous. God did something in COVID. I'm glad we didn't miss it. The President's Club went to 146. In the last two years, we've taken 167,000 Bibles to our city and neighboring cities, door-to-door 167,000 thousand Bibles. We completed supporting the pastor for one year in the Philippines, then built him a building and left 400 churches. We finished it during COVID. 
And do you realize that many of those, and we've been to the Philippines, are back in the jungle? I understand that. In poverty area, poverty cities. But if they all would just have 100, 400 churches today, you see what God did in two years' time because of this church? God's been so good to us. But don't wait. Did you waste those two years? Could you set your house in order and you wasted it? How about you, young men men and young ladies? Did you waste it? How about each of us? Did we read the Bible? Did we read books? Did we memorize anything? Did we take any online classes? Did we set up our home-going file? We have booklets here from North Valley Publications. When my mother died, when my dad died, it was so wonderful to go to their file and have in their file all the, the things in their life about their home going, what their favorite songs were, favorite verses, favorite color, where they got saved. I never realized that my dad went to Sunday school in a wagon and a little white horse was pulling his entire family to Sunday school in Wisconsin. And they went to Sunday school and he heard the word of God like never before and began to speak to his heart. And the next day at the pot belly stove, his mother was cooking, she was blind and she said, God leap, is that you, son? Could not even see him, but she sensed his presence. And he said, Mama, it's me. What's troubling you, son? Blind, but she knew something was troubling her little boy, an eight-year-old boy. And he said, Mama, I need to get saved. And by the pot valley stove, he got saved. What, what, what was God trying to teach you about your marriage? I can't get along with her. I can't get along with him. Why? Can't we grow up and mature and get along with one another? Did you miss out? Did you miss out beginning family Bible time where even it's just five minutes a night where you sing a song together and you read the Bible together and you pray together and you tuck your kids into bed at night? That era is going to soon come and pass Those little kids are going to be grown before you know it. You're not going to be stealing the way to their bed and kneeling at their little cribs and praying that God would give them a good night's rest and safety through the next day if they should tarry. Missed opportunities. I wonder if we dropped the ball because we were so helpless and depressed. If you live in defeat, you miss the opportunity. If you lived in discouragement, you missed the opportunity. Tonight I want to remind you as I get to our text in a moment that all victories that were won instead of missed were all based on faith. God gave us the opportunity to have our faith exercised. Gideon's 300 was a faith journey. Nehemiah's text right here is a faith journey. Moses, 40 years with rebels, they were rebels, was a faith journey. Those men that stepped in the waters and the water part was a faith journey. Esther, who was raised to power, and a king was against them. And she said, who knoweth but I am come to the kingdom for such a time as this. And if I perish, I perish. She didn't miss her opportunity. Ruth did not miss her opportunity. 
Mary did not miss her opportunity. Gethsemane did not miss his opportunity. The last two years, God gave us opportunities. Some backslid. Are you closer to God two years later? Or are you away from God? I'm talking about people that used to come and you're watching now. Thank God you're watching, but are you away from God? I've watched people walk away from God. Every church that I know of in America has had people backslide. People quit. People move away. People live in fear. People get lazy, gave up. As I get to our text in a moment, missed opportunities. I called attention before the message. Jacob and Esau, two brothers. They pitted themselves against one another constantly. Jacob, his name Con, he was a con artist. He conned his brother out of his birthright and out of his heritage. He conned him. And those boys began to feud and became so hateful toward another one that over for over 20 years they separated from one another. You know what they missed? They missed 20 years. They could have been brothers. They could have been at one another's weddings. They could have been at the birth of their children. They could have known their nieces and nephews. But because of, because of their self-will and pride, they missed out. I wonder what family member you're missing out on tonight. Because she said something. He said something. I'm offended with them. I wonder what situation is, is bankrupt today because like Jacob and Esau, pride got in there. I think of Gehazi. He was working with the man of God. And yet because he saw an opportunity to get clothing and money, he missed out and said, I'm going to go ahead and lie. But I want this. I want this. And he left the man of God for money and clothes. We see people do that all the time. We've been here 46 years. They leave for money. They leave for another clothing standard that they like better. I think of Achan, how he spotted that gold and said, I want that gold. And he went and got it and hid it. But he lost his life and his family lost their lives. They missed out. Joseph's brothers missed out on 25 years because they sold him into bondage. And when they could have been so close, they were so separated. And then they lied to the dad for over 20 years. Ten brothers lied. They took the brother's coat and they dipped it in blood and said, some wild beast devoured your son. And their dad wept and cried in anguish. And for over 20 some years, dad was alone. And then they found out that they stood before their brother when God raised him up to second command in Egypt. In our text tonight, and we'll go to Nehemiah 1 and I'll be about done. God gives all of us situations that we have to face. And you can either conquer the situation or you can allow it to conquer you. I want you to see there are obstacles in life. You must deal with obstacles. There's COVIDs. And more is coming, friend. They figured out how to control the people. They just figured it out. Everything is about controlling. Climate change is about controlling people. 
I kind of, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. I'm not against you dear folks that drive these. I think they're cool. I like it. I, I've driven one one time for a minute. These electric cars. I counted last Sunday, 25 came in here. That's wonderful. I'm all for it. I, I think it's great. But I wonder why the government wants electric cars so much. You're going to have to think that one through. I wonder why our governor says by, what, 10 years from now, he wants all electric cars? At my house, we live in just this little neighborhood like you do, we have now smart meters on our gas and electric. You do too. And smart meters mean they can shut your electricity off at any time they want from the office. And they did it last year when it got too hot and too many people were using air conditioners. So, well, they got to get rid of these gas guzzlers. Why? So we could have electricity guzzlers? How do they get the electricity? They say, well, they won't shut me down. I, I can go 200 miles. Well, God bless you. How are you going to get home? Government doesn't do things to help us in these days. I'm saying today, friend, if you think this is the last trial, the big trials are yet to come. Nehemiah found that there are obstacles. The first obstacle is in chapter 1, verse 4, that the gates were burned with fire. Uh, another obstacle that came, and I'll jump you all the way over to chapter 4, uh, and, and notice what he says in Verse number one, it came to pass when Sanballat heard that we built at the wall, he was wroth and took great indignation. And he said in verse two, why do these feeble Jews fortify themselves and sacrifice? And they make an end in the day. They will revive the stones and the heaps of the rubbish that are burned. And Tobiah said, even if a fox go up, that's the lightest walking animal, uh, he, he shall break down their stone wall. And the Bible says in verse number 19, and I said to the nobles, to the rulers, to the rest of the people, the work is great and large. You see, he gets attacked from the enemy and Sambalat and Tobiah and Grisham, the Arabian. He gets attacked now in these texts from the rulers, the king. He gets attacked by his own people in chapter number five. And there was a great cry of the people and their wives against the brethren of the Jews. Why? They mortgaged, verse 3, their lands and their vineyards and their houses might buy corn because of the dearth. And they got mad at Nehemiah. Uh, the enemies were against him. The king was against him. San, uh, the king, uh, Sanballat was against him. Tobiah, the people murmured. But what, what happened? Nehemiah just stayed focused. That's why I admire so much about you. Uh, uh, you. You can't run your buses because the governor said, Governor Brown, you can't run anything unless it's 2010 or newer. So what did you do? You raised a million and a half dollars and bought new buses. Uh, not a rich church, just a, a, a church that says, okay, there's an obstacle, but we brought 1.4 million at that time, 1.3 million people to Sunday school on those buses. We're not going to stop the bus ministry. He said, what, our gasoline is diesel. Now it's over six, 650 a gallon. When are we going to stop them? We're not stopping the, the bus ministry. That's uh, the greatest tool of reaching boys and girls and men and women for Christ. So there's an obstacle. We'll face the obstacle. So you have to shut down the college and meet in tents and meet on Zoom. And, and okay, we had to do it. Well, let's, let's overcome the obstacle. 
We don't have a bus parking lot since they beat, built the stadium. Our bus is parked there for 20 years and the 49ers came to see me in my office, the two vice presidents, and the mayor said, now pastor, where your buses are is gonna be the new end zone. And we wanna help you get another spot. Yeah. <laughs> that lasted as long as we got the buses out of there. I wanna tell you something, we're still running buses today. Don't have any place to park them, but we run buses. That's why we just drive them all day long. No place to park them. I'm talking about the fact, friend, this church has always had to conquer. We've met for 31 years and grew for 25, first 25 by 100 a year, 2,500 people on one acre of land with 38 parking stalls. And we grew, 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 grew. Why? You conquer it. I'm talking about the fact, whatever obstacle you face in your life, you cannot, you, complaining doesn't change the obstacle. Griping doesn't change the obstacle. I'm gonna protest this government doesn't change the obstacle. You know how one way we can change the obstacles? Get on our knees. I think a prayer meeting, thank you for COVID because men's prayer for years had 25, but now we have 25 in the Spanish prayer meeting and we have 100 for the last two years every Saturday night in our prayer meeting. It was a wonderful thing. Prayer meeting's exciting. Our adult classes have grown back and you see banner numbers coming and now in our church, and you see this Sunday morning, that balcony up there so full in the lower floor, and God's doing something, and you see the radio bounded back like never, never stopped. Missed opportunities. Every problem you face has obstacles. I'm talking to preachers right now. You're, you're out of space. You're trying to build a building. You don't know what to do. You're trying to go forward. Well, let me tell you something. There'll be some obstacles, and the purpose of the obstacles is to make you strong. I, I find, secondly, there's opportunity. We'll go back to chapter number two, and I'll be about done. You see the distress that we're in, verse 17, how the Jerusalem lieth waste and burned with fire. You see the opportunity, come, let's build up the wall. We can either say, well, Jerusalem will never be the same. Or we can say it's a bunch of rubble and we're gonna go out there and rebuild the wall. Yes, there's obstacles, but with every obstacle comes an opportunity. Thirdly, he overcame the obstacles as he engaged in the opportunity. Look at chapter number six and verse number three. The Bible says this in chapter 6, verse 3. And I sent messengers unto them, saying, I'm doing a great work. I cannot come down. Why should the work cease while thou ask me to come down to see you? Those messengers said, you got to stop. And he says, I'm not stopping. I'm doing a great work here. Sunday school teachers, you kept going visiting on your students when you had no students to teach. You kept taking Sunday school papers to the homes when you had no class that was in an organized classroom. You kept giving the gospel out, kept knocking on doors, kept visiting people, kept trying to help people, kept trying to teach people when you had no opportunity. You have to overcome it. What, what is in your home, your marriage has to be overcome? Overcome it. God did not expect us to be defeated people that lay. I can do all things through Christ. I am more than a conqueror, God's word says, through him that loved me so. 
None of these things move me. Neither count I my life dear unto myself. Don't give up so quickly. Never give up. He was an achiever, overachiever. In chapter 6, verse 15, they finished the wall. I think we're finished with COVID. Now something else is coming. But so many good lessons, lessons were learned. Let's just go ahead and have the bucket offering the last two years. Year one was $187,000 in paint buckets, and the next year was $223,000. That's $410,000 in buckets during COVID. $3,281,000 in debt retirement. 167,000 Bibles distributed. We, we learned something called a bus washing activity. And every other month we do it with the men, with about 70 men on a Saturday morning at 645. It is just, it's become like a revival out there, washing buses out there. You know, as I look what in the last two years, we have sent so many laborers out in the mission field and around the world and into the ministry. These last two years, you didn't miss the opportunity, at least at church you did not. If you're like me, I'm lazy in some areas. My wife loves walking. I hate it. I don't think it's right. I, I think it's wicked. I think it's wrong. But she thinks it's great. So I ride a bicycle along with her. And it's a wonderful ride. I'm working out on my bicycle because my staff, from my birthday two years ago, during COVID, bought me this bike. It's really cool. It's got pedals. And it's got this little thing you push. And it goes by itself. And I'm working out on my thumb all the time with that electric bike. And I'll say, can't you keep up with me? And she's going faster and faster. And I'm saying, come on, let's keep on going. I did try to tie a chain to the bike and chain it to her, but she said, I'm not doing that. So we're, I'm not going to follow you on the bike. But it, it was, it's wonderful to ride that bike. I'm not even worn out when I get home. My twin sister, she lives in Florida. And Jill will write, she Jack, she'll text me, Jack did 22 miles on my bike today. Jill, it's an electric bike. <laughs> She's like her brother. Why pump those pedals when you can push your thumb? As I look at missed opportunities, you sixth grade kids in school, you sitting up in front row in chapel, all the way back down to kindergarten, but sixth grade, you're up there. That is such a beautiful class. There's a little girl here singing tonight with her family, sixth grade. You know what's going to happen? You're moving to seventh grade on June the 5th on graduation Sunday in our church. Don't miss out junior high and high school. But some of you are going to get to your 12th grade year and you look back and said, I missed out. I complained, I griped, I wasn't happy. I, I, I was me-centered. May I say something to you that are going to be seniors next year? Don't miss out.
may I say to you college students, don't miss out. I look back at college, some of the greatest days of my life. I learned that God was calling me into the ministry, and I was so shocked. I learned that there was a beautiful girl waiting that God had designed for my life. I learned so much working for my father-in-law and being the janitor of the church. I loved it. I just loved it. And learning to be the mechanic of those buses with Brother Jim Tucker and being a bus director. I wouldn't trade those days for anything. I'm glad, I'm glad that my wife has stayed with us these many years in this church. We haven't missed out from a little A-frame building that would hold just a handful of people to another building, to another building, to another building, to another building, to additional buildings. I'm glad she stayed with me. We didn't miss out. You, 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 just newly engaged young people, don't miss out these days. Don't get so worked up that you miss it. Don't work, you young couples, you're just getting going in life. You, you just got engaged or you just got married and you're young and you're two-year COVID relationship. You got married in that time and we had so many weddings out in the parking lot and out in the courtyard. Hey, I want to tell you something. Don't, don't miss out. Well, you one day you look back and said, when we were newly married, we could have been involved, but we decided to sit on the sideline. You that have your kids grown, it's not time to backslide. Many do. Once the kids are gone, I don't have to be an example anymore. You're missing out. You're missing out when you're middle-aged and you're not faithful to God anymore. You're missing out. You're, you're missing out, and God forbid, because I'll go first or my wife will go first. But one of us, will, if the Lord tarries, will be alone. I hope if, if I'm alone... I hope I'll still be a good Christian. Judas missed out. He missed out. He could have been at the resurrection. But he'd already killed himself. Demas missed out because he wanted the world. Cain missed out because he killed his brother and was banished. Hophni and Phinehas, they, they, Phinehas, they, moved and they missed out because they, as uh, Eli's son, decided that they wanted to be womanizers and filthy living. They missed out. And God said, you can't live and be a servant of mine like that. The two and a half tribes missed out because uh, we don't want the land that God gave us on the other side of the Jordan. We like this better over here. They missed out. I have an email. I'll close. It was on my desk Saturday morning, printed, came in on Friday from Canada. This listener to our radio watches our services. She's probably watching right now, said, and here's the line I want you to hear, first line. You, you are so blessed to have what you have. Exclamation, exclamation, explanation, exclamation. You are so blessed to have what you have. My small, our, my, my, our church is a small Baptist church. Once upon a time, we had all kinds of programs. Our pastor stepped down seven years ago. We've been floundering ever since. We've had pulpit supply up until three weeks ago. Now, we just have a few left. No pastor, no preacher. It would be easy for us to close the doors, 
But I think it's God's will that we need to keep them open. Here's just a lady who said, you are so blessed. I hear that choir saying, you, you, I don't know, I don't analyze the choir. Why did they sing that song? I tell you, I just try to take in every word. That orchestra and those trumpets down there, and you just nod your head, that means come on in, fellas. They just come in. That's the special music. The buses that ran this morning, the bus driver that I was walking in the cold of the morning from house, my house, and you went by and waved, but you didn't pick me up to bring me to church, so I went ahead and walked in the cold. Along with Sam Fanera that went by, and then a silver van, whoever has a silver van, thank you for honking the horn and waving, but you could have stopped, picked me up. Who has a silver van? I'm so blessed to be your pastor. I want you to know tonight, we're so blessed to have a Christian school. We're so blessed to have a radio program, a radio station, and stations across the nation. We're so blessed to have publications, which during COVID had two record years. Sales all over the country and the world. How that happened, I have no idea, but God did it. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.